0: Welcome to Uncontained, episode 186. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render, and on the show today, I speak with a filmmaker and CEO of Gratwick Productions, Chris Holbert. Chris is a man that's on a mission to change the way Hollywood does things. That's right. He's sick of the Hollywood model of filmmaking. We talk about his fully transparent, ethical, and audience-owned studio, Gratwick Productions, and uh, how you can become one of the audience owners as well. On Kickstarter and uh, GoFundMe, it's a donation with Chris and Gratwick. It's actually an investment. You own a certain percentage. They're backed by the SEC. We'll talk more about that as we go on and into the show. I don't need to throw it all at you right up front, but I just... Want to give you the idea of what he's up to, looking to start something that he would want to have as a filmmaker for other filmmakers and people in the entertainment industry. We'll jump into that. Make sure you check out the show notes because I will have links to to gratwickproductions.com which will bring you to the start engine page where you can actually invest in gratwick and uh, also please check out uncontainedpod.com you can listen to the show right there and also get links to the various podcast players out there itunes castbox stitcher you name it uncontained is probably on it so Please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And the holiday season is fast approaching. And uh, that Amazon banner at the top of the page is great for people to click on and help support the show with no extra cost to them. And uh, get all those Christmas presents delivered the next day like Amazon Prime does. So, enough of the sales pitch. Let's get to the show. I have chris holbert on the show so plug in those earbuds this is how chris lives uncontained on the show today i have the ceo of gratwick films and also a podcaster this is chris holbert how are you doing today chris and welcome to the show
1: i'm doing pretty good aaron but i think i identify myself most as a filmmaker
0: more as a filmmaker okay
1: everything else is just a necessity just to get back on set
0: all right, all right. It's good to make yourself diverse. though. you know, the more the more tools you have in your bag, the more useful you are. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's been an evolution, but uh, storytelling is kind of at the at the core of kind of how I identify myself and all of that. The business side just is the necessity to be able to do it again to keep telling stories.
0: <laughs> right on. So got a hold of you, or you got a hold of me. You, whichever way it worked. We um, circled
1: orbits for a, yeah. for a few
0: years now yeah yeah we've talked a while and like things didn't line up and that's a lesson you got to keep going after like if you want to guess it you got to try try again because sometimes they're busy sometimes you're busy or out of the country like i just was but you have something really cool going on i mentioned uh gratwick films and it's a film industry kind of unlike or kind of the antithesis to hollywood in a way would you agree with that or how would you sum up gratwick
1: yeah, um, anti-Hollywood is probably the easiest and, and simplest way there. Um, what it really is, is a transparent audience and artist owned studio system. And it, it's really based on using a lot of emerging technologies that are coming out like blockchain and cryptocurrency and the ability to actually kind of create your own digital distribution platform and, and sell your content directly to your audience. Uh, but at the same time, the marketing and distribution are major points of access for the entertainment industry. I can make the as good as a film as I could possibly make, but if I don't control the marketing and distribution, it's still vulnerable to not making its money back. It's still vulnerable to a lot of um uh, misfortunes that bestow people on the back end of films in the in the, the release phase so until you can control that entire pipeline you're always going to be um, at somebody else's mercy on on whether or not you're able to pay your investors back and move on so it just became about we need to build this for ourselves to exist so we can we can control our own pipeline make the content we want to make tell the stories we want to tell, tell and get it to our audience and if we needed to exist. There's got to be other artists like us that needed to exist, and it just became from there building a model big enough that as many people as possible can benefit from it.
0: cool man. so i I was reading over your start engine page. Is that what it, the link? Yeah, is? yeah,, it's, yeah. Like, there, it's like a the... go like a GoFundMe or something like that, correct.
1: Not exactly. Uh, so like GoFundMe, Kickstarter and all of that, there, there's no accountability built into that. You're kind of begging for money. It's the digital shaking a, shaking a can uh, on the Internet. Um, I give you $20, you give me a t-shirt, and hopefully you do what you say you're going to do with the money. But uh, campaigns like StartEngine, WeFunder, stuff like that, these are actually uh, SEC-regulated public offerings where really? somebody can invest as little as $100, and they get shares, actual shares and ownership in the company, the same as if they invested through the stock market. It's just a, It's still a private company, whereas the companies that are on the stock market have fully gone public. Uh, this is a new method for in, investing and raising uh, funding for startups and small businesses that actually went into effect I believe it was in 2009 or 2016 the the law finally went into effect and opened up this new source for funding
0: okay cool so I hear you saying investing a lot so it's different than just a donation
1: yeah this is this is a hundred percent shareholder so we it, we had just it took us about two years and quite a bit of large investments from our friends and family in the company just to get through the SEC regulation approval process to be able to do one of these offerings. So we are under all sorts of, of restrictions and, and rules and compliance through the SEC on this, uh, this offering. So for example, I can tell you that you can invest as little as $100 into the company, but I can't tell you the specific share price and, and how many shares you'll get for that $100 because that information is on the offering page. And uh, I can't share the, the detailed specifics of it. People have to look at the offering page and see that information for, those, for themselves.
0: Okay. And is that what's on the. Uh, well, I'll, I'll share the link that you sent me in the show notes. Is that all on there?
1: Yeah. GratwickProductions.com reroutes you directly to the Start Engine page. So that's just the easiest one to remember is GratwickProductions.com. Okay. And that takes people right to the Start Engine page. And the entire offering, what the company's doing, what the value is at this point, and what the roadmap is for the company is all laid out there on the, 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 the investment page.
0: Okay, now as I said, I read over I read over the Start Engine page and I saw some really cool stuff on there, like uh, uh, some things that benefits for the people who actually buy shares of Gratwick. What are what are some of those? I know they range from like watching auditions or something like that to. So we, uh, we I'll let you take it.
1: <laughs> so we, we call in we call it a minimum investment in Gratwick joining our A list and the Gratwick A list stands for Artists Audience and Accountability. And that's kind of all wrapped up into what the company is. So when you invest in, in the company, it's not just um, sit back and, and watch what happens and, and hope we make your money back. We actually want the investors influence. We want them to be a part of the experience in real time of the entire creative process. So they're going to help us decide what projects get greenlit, who gets cast and what charities each one of these projects give back to through a totally transparent uh, creative process that has live streamed auditions, live streamed production sets. So at the end of each production set, the goal is so when a, a film is being produced, These creators are going to know when their film's being released before they go into production, which is a really big thing because Hollywood has that advantage on the marketing side. They know when the next Batman movie is going to be released three years in advance and and everybody's talking about it. A filmmaker's lucky if they know two, three weeks in in advance when the film's going to be dropped on VOD. How can you promote and market that? So by working (laughs) with... our own studio system, we can set a date in the calendar and work backwards from that on when it's gonna be released, which gives you more freedoms during the production process. You're live streaming auditions and you're live streaming your production set. All of that stuff becomes commercials and, and sales funnels for, hey, the movie's coming out at such and such a date, get, get your tickets now, get a collector's DVD, and then each day ends with a wrap-up show where you have a host that talks to the cinematographer, the director, the lead actor, the, the person running craft services. Each day it's a different member of the production team, and the audience can sit in and watch that kind of like the Talking Dead, but they can ask questions. Hey, I saw the cinematographer setting up this weird camera angle earlier today. What was, what was that for? Why, why did they do that? Very and pe- cool. Yeah. And people are getting an emotional attachment to the project all the way through. And not just the project itself, but the creators, the, 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 the PAs, the, the assistant director, the talent. All of these people are getting a, a new exposure for their personal brands and, and their work ethic and an audience that follows them from project to project. And then on the back end, how many people are now super excited and interested to see this film that they've been watching kind of all come together and, and, and piece together, but they wanna see the final project that they've been, been following this entire time. And so it's, it's just create taking the creative process and, and making it a mutually beneficial experience for the audience who are our investors and the, and the creators who need a ethical source for their finance, marketing, and distribution. We just c- combine it all together provide it to them at a at a a lower rate than the the establishment's going to do and we don't prey on them in the process and everybody wins
0: that's that's mighty nice of you that doesn't sound like (laughs) hollywood does it it's just it's (laughs) just what
1: i want as a filmmaker so so
0: we're we're trying to give that to everybody else as well nice nice so uh i guess like how much like control or input or I guess we could put it feedback does the investor have, because it seems like on the website, you're like, they have feedback and kind of input like on casting and stuff like that, or yeah, if they so, mainly just get to watch it.
1: So it's a, it's, it, it's a great question because the, the most important thing here is the creator, has ultimate say and control over their project the studio works for the creator the creator doesn't work for the studio and why that's important is because we're not talking about if if your project gets produced by gratwick then it's mob rule on the investors if the investors decide that it's a popularity contest for the actors that's who your lead actor is no it it doesn't work like that okay (laughs) what it is is through the gratwick app and the tools that'll excuse me that'll be provided to each investor they'll have the opportunity to provide their feedback and their thoughts, their opinions at each stage of the process and all of that information will be taken, collaborated and and considered along with statistical analysis of that information. So if I'm a director and I'm going through the audition process and there's two actors that I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 on. I really like this one for certain reasons. I really like that one for certain reasons. But then I look at the the audience feedback that have been sitting in on my auditions, and I see that 80% of them are in favor of this one over the other one. That's going to be a big influence on me as, as a director. That's going to tip okay. the scales in, my, uh, in their favor. Same thing with, with each kind of different st- stage along the creative process. They're not going to have again mob rule but they're going to have enough access and ability to give their thoughts and opinions that creators that actually care what the what the consensus is are going to take that information in and allow it to marinate with the rest of the the thought process that they're doing on their projects
0: okay so in a way it almost sounds like you're constantly like screen testing things very, that that's
1: a, that's a great example of it is the audience gets to sit in on that entire process and, and give their feedback and, and almost set it s- serves the test audience all the way through the process.
0: Nice, nice. And one other thing I like saw that was really intrigued me cause well, there's like, it sounds like you're open for submission of content creators of people who invest in the company.
1: Absolutely. That's another big perk of of being a member of the, of the A-list is not only so if you're a if you're a content creator, if you're a crew person, if you're an actor, if you're anyone that's in the industry, owning a piece of your own studio should come with intangible benefits and perks. One of those is insider access and, and firsthand knowledge of any jobs and career opportunities. Um, if you're if you're a writer or a producer as long as you're a shareholder, you have an open door to submit your project at any point in time. And the way that the way that this, this entire corporation is ultimately gonna evolve into and, and work out is we're looking to establish digital media funds in each different community and region around the country where each community can invest in their own local digital media fund, and that media fund finances artists and productions happening in that region of the country. So okay. it's the community investing in their own artists. And the way those projects are going to be qualified is as long as you've invested at least $100 into your community digital media fund, you have the right to submit your, your projects for potential production and financing through the project. The deciding panel of whether or not a project qualifies for funding is going to be determined by a, a committee of nine people from that, commu- from that community. So they're gonna decide whether it's ready or not. It's not up to them to decide the business side of it, just whether or not it's ready for production. And then from there, after it's been decided that that this project is ready for production, it'll have a a cost analysis and a projections report attached to it, and then it'll be made available to all the investors in that community digital media fund to review and give their feedback on it. Then that information will be compiled and deliver to the board of directors for the digital media fund to make the decision on what projects are going to be funded uh next in in this in the production slate so the audience is involved and the investors are involved in that that entire process and if you you own a piece of the company you get to submit your work and and have an opportunity for it to be produced
0: now does it matter the weight of how much you owned as a person with like the 100 hundred dollar share or 50 of those 100 hundred dollar shares the the same weight and getting something produced.
1: That's that that that's an that's an awesome great question. No, nobody's asked that yet, and I've specifically created only one tier package for the investments into Gratwick. Anything over a hundred dollars. You're on the Gratwick A list. There's no okay. cl- there's no class system. There's no tier system. There's no uh, additional perks for investing more into Gratwick. Um, we're we're going to work just as hard for our hundred dollar investment as we are for a, a larger investment. The only difference is you're going to be uh, you'll have more shares to get a higher return of the profit sharing. But my my hope. So it, we were we were actually back and forth on this on capping the investment at hundred dollars for a for a minimum and a maximum so okay. we could have as many people involved as possible but that was a little too altruist where we, we didn't have enough marketing power in this early stage to limit ourselves in, in that type of capacity but that's the goal is that anyone that owns a piece of the company they're all equal as a member of the company your dividend check might be bigger
0: Okay, all right. So it all comes down to the payout at the end, not the not the benefits you get as a creator or as somebody who's your opinion weighs.
1: As far as as far as the engagement or the interaction between shareholders, between each other and between the the company, only the shareholder will know how much they have invested into the company. Nobody else will know any kind of levels, tiers or anything else other than this is a a fellow Gratwick A-lister that that has supported the company.
0: Okay, all right, cool. And now you have something set up for people who want to submit their content uh, to, be, to be produced and made into a film, see if it's ready or whatnot. Do you have like something in line for people who want to be in front of the camera or even behind the camera? Like, say, somebody wants to be a camera guy or a grip or do uh, some voiceover stuff or just act in, in a feature?
1: As, as a shareholder, any opportunity for um, employment or a gig that's being offered through Gratwick will first be offered to our community. And if the solution and the person can't be found in the community, then it'll it'll be posted as a public offering and a public opportunity for anyone to submit to and, and apply to. But our goal is whenever possible to Give, give the work to our, our team our shareholders our people that, that that are part of helping make the company exist this is a coalition for all of us to have a studio that provides us all opportunities to work more pursue our creative goals and uh, not be preyed on in the process
0: all right man like you have your film aspect but reading through your page I noticed there's a lot of eSports. Uh, aspect to it. Where how how do the two relate or is it just two kind of separate entities or uh,
1: see there's there's a ton of crossover there. And initially not a lot of people see it off the top, but but once you start scratching the surface, it, it's amazing how much the two blend together. But before we, we dive specifically in that, I want to make it clear that Gratwick Productions is a it's it exists to support digital media content so it's not just feature films or it's not tv shows or anything it could be music it can be books it can be augmented reality experiences video games uh vr experiences anything that can be a digital good is is something gratwick is interested in supporting and and helping bring to fruition but podcasts? esports, po- a- podcasts absolutely <laughs> as well uh you you probably don't want gratwick promoting your podcast right now because uh, we we don't even promote our own we just put it out there and, <laughs> and focus on everything else.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: But um, yeah, anything that, that's a, that's a digital good and has value to an audience, we, we want to at least have an option to be involved in, in supporting it and, and, and helping it grow. But eSports specifically is a personal passion of mine. So like the last – we stopped doing it because EA Sports is just a horrible company. But for like five, six years, we ran a Madden Football League for – Uh, Dads and adults and all that and it was a it was a great release when people weren't fighting over the terrible programming but like (laughs) the community Atmosphere of it and running the the league and all that was something I really enjoyed and loved and it was at that point Kind of doing it that I saw where the future of eSports could go and where uh, a digital Madden league surrounded by All of this kind of satirical content and fake reporters and all this type of stuff could bring a, a digital league to life and I started realizing as a filmmaker, having a, an audience that watches like video game tournaments and sports leagues and all of this different stuff that would be like, I don't know, the Gratwick Madden League, that's a, that's a captured audience to show movie trailers to. Commercials for the, the next book that's coming out underneath the company, the, the next song or, or movie, all of these different things cross-pollinate each other perfectly. And then in addition to that, the the stars and the creators every studio creates their own stars so yeah. there's a there's a beautiful opportunity with esports to cross pollinate the stars so the, the the names and the 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 big st- the big draws from esports you can do documentaries on them you can do e- interviews you can have them as cameos in in creative content and then on the flip side when you've got a new movie coming out or a new show or something you're trying to promote you can have these actors be uh, special celebrity guests and and participants in esports tournaments. You get a knockout prize if you knock out the lead actor from our our next movie that's coming out. So there's a a ton of crossover potential between all of that. So it it just was a natural evolution that has snowballed in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, where we're looking to build um, a production facility, uh, a studio, and an entire interactive entertainment complex that the esports arena is the, the driving force to get all of that done because there's so much attention and, and popularity ha- happening with esports that, that that's the thing everybody knows who can be successful yeah. and, 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 and draw the attention and the attraction to the, the facility. The, the studio comp- part of it, Everybody the people aren't so sure of, of will it work, where's all the business going to come from in that until we start explaining them the layers of the digital media funds. Now, when you have a digital media fund in the community of Western New York, any of the projects that get funded, they've now got a studio that they can go to, get that project made, get have it have all the support of uh, the same thing a Hollywood star would have. They're making their movie out there. They've got a marketing team. They've got a distribution strategy right from the outset. They've got a full-service production studio that they're working with, and all of these things are are servicing them and their project versus. The creator just being happy that the studio said, yes, you can make your film. Now, here's how we're going to manipulate your story and and have it serve our agenda.
0: Okay. So, all right. So, so that explains – your hometown being Buffalo explains why that you're building in a Buffalo. That was going to be one of my questions for you because it was either Buffalo or Niagara. And I was like, huh, he's in L.A., why – why? Oh, it's a, per-
1: it's a perfect storm of opportunity there. So we've, we've got to pr- prove the model works in a first community so we can roll it out and and bring it across the country to other underserved uh, entertainment communities. So Buffalo, we, we've got the, the ground support. We've got the family. We've got the friends. And most importantly, there's a perfect storm of local, state, and federal tax credits, like the Opportunity Zone credit and Startup New York, oh, nice. all of these things that come together to create a real estate boom that's happening in that region right now that makes the the real estate part, the whole facility, a a key component on on creating enough momentum to reach a tipping point with all of this that it can really uh, explode in a a big, big way.
0: Right on. Yes. I guess it's a lot easier to start something like this. In Buffalo, than the way property prices are in LA, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that it makes sense.
1: There's a lot um, of abandoned or buildings anywhere in Buffalo. California.
0: <laughs> oh, are there? I, have, yeah. I haven't ever made it to Buffalo. I've been to New York City once, but or twice actually, but never never up to Buffalo. So it's an interesting uh, corner of the world. Okay, all right, I'll, I might have to check it out sometime once you get this uh, this. This building up this uh, multimedia plaza,
1: <laughs> the uh, the esports arena is going to have two live stream studios. So you could uh, you have to swing by and do a remote show from from
0: the facility. That that would be awesome. That'd be awesome live from Buffalo and Gratwick Films. Uh, we could definitely make that happen. So um, now. I was going somewhere, but I came to a law here. I have to edit this part out as I think about it. <laughs> no, <worries>. uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had one more question before you. Before I was going to move into my uh, final thing. Oh yes. So now you're building this in Buffalo, and you have a few. Uh, other companies that you're working with, correct? That uh, are helping, like, are teaming up with Gratwick? Yeah, we
1: we've got we've got a lot of uh, support in the community. There, so like, there's some cool augmented reality stuff that we're doing right now, just to, to to start getting a couple different products and services out there. So there's a, a couple local companies. Uh, one of them's Twisted Rope, that's actually located in Buffalo and out here in Los Angeles. Um, that's, like, right on the cutting edge of AR and all sorts of augmented reality uh, content and creation. But a big part of pulling off their augmented reality stuff is the effects and the animation. And we've got another uh, partner uh, strategic partnership with a company called Rebel One Studios that does, like, Pixar-level animation and 3D oh, animation nice. and all of that stuff. So the two of them combined um, is, is some really cool, powerful stuff. We actually had... a. Uh, uh, a, a Bills Mafia shirt created. That's, the, that's all caricatures of all the famous members of the Bills Mafia charging forward. <laughs> and uh, once the company reaches its first round of, of fundraise, that shirt's going to be augmented and animated. So when you p- point your phone at it, you'll see all the characters charging towards you and the big big, big mob charging forward, and it'll be like an opening graphic, and then it'll go into a montage of fan-submitted videos each week, and we can, we can upload and change that video out from the back end. So each week when somebody points their phone at the shirt, they're going to see a different like uh, team really? cheer video of all the different fans rooting on the team from the previous week. And and that, yeah, so that's kind of our, our thank you gift to the community for investing in Gratwick and, and helping get us going. We're we're making this Bill's Mafia t-shirt with some of the couple different companies that we're working with.
0: That That's really cool. I, I, it took me a second to have the light bulb click that you're like, <laughs> you point your phone at the shirt and it becomes live on your phone. And it changes. That's that's pretty sweet. I'm not even a Bills fan, but I'd probably get that shirt just for...
1: Oh, the technology's amazing. One of the other things we yeah. made, just playing around, it was like an idea I came up with, and I just wanted to see if it would work, is uh, an augmented reality sports card. So I, ma- I made one of, of Michael Jordan. So the front of it looks like a Michael Jordan uh, basketball card. The back of it has his career stats, and it's got a picture of him at the podium for his Hall of Fame speech. So you hold your phone up to the front of it, and the the still image on the front of the uh, front of the basketball card is Jordan dribbling the ball in the uh, the play that was against the Utah Jazz for to win his final championship. Okay. So when you point your phone at it, that play comes to life. He finishes out the dribble, shoots the basket, hits the bucket. You hear Marv Alberts uh, calling it, calling the the final end there, and he wins the championship. And then the the card freezes with him doing his shot. And then you flip it over to the back and you look at it through the phone and his Hall of Fame speech comes to life. And there he is at the podium, uh, giving his Hall of Fame speech. And you can you can listen to the whole speech.
0: That's like something that you see in sci fi movies, my friend. You're like, you just it's coming, making making sci fi movies come to life. (laughs) But that's what's going to that's
1: what what's going to revitalize the card industry is is this next generation, these augmented reality cards.
0: Yeah, that that's that's amazing right there. I, I want I want one of those. Oh, there's many um, layers to Gratwick. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. So, uh, there there is a lot uh, that you guys have going on there. I can't wait to see what what happens with Gratwick. A, I like the philosophy of Gratwick in a way where it's kind of like, you know, kind of giving the power to the people and getting the big like corporation, Hollywood execs out of it, you know? Oh yeah.
1: That's why it's like, built by artists, man. We, we just want the tools. We, we don't need the suits.
0: Yes, exactly. And is it like the name Gratwick? Does that, does that have any meaning to it? Or is it, it, it like it, a combination it, of two words? Or... No, it actually,
1: it actually does have a meaning. So in my, my hometown um, uh, that I grew up in, it's actually a suburb of Buffalo called North Tonawanda. And there's a little borough in North Tonawanda called Gratwick, uh, Gratwick Park, Gratwick neighborhood, Gratwick Fire Hall. And that was kind of where like all my friends were growing up and where they all lived. We played football all the time. We we just like that was our family. So Gratwick was always kind of synonymous in our group for family. And when we decided to start a company and needed a name, there was never a second choice.
0: Okay, fair enough, man. Uh, Name it after home. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. So now for the people who are looking to get into the industry, whether like you seem to cover a lot of it. So I'll just keep it wide open to you. What is some advice that you have for somebody either looking to get into the film or entertainment industry or take that next step?
1: The the biggest thing I learned early on is if you're waiting to be picked by somebody else, you can be waiting a long, long time. So the sooner you put yourself in a position to be doing the picking, the better off you are. So Craigslist is where I w- what taught me that right away. No matter how how good I am, no matter how talented I am, no matter how how great my scripts are, if I'm one of a, a thousand other people that are submitting, my odds of getting picked are are pretty slim because there's probably going to be other people that are that are really good as well. So it's first of all you got to be noticed, and then you have to to be that one that they choose. That's that's not. You're not controlling your destiny when you're doing it that way and hoping somebody okay. else says yes. Same with going to Hollywood. And I really want to be a filmmaker someday. You constantly need somebody else to write you a check. Your entire life is on hold waiting for somebody else to write a big fat check that says, yes, you can make your movie. And I, I just didn't want to live life that way. I'd rather take that same period of time but control my own destiny and be the person that can say yes to myself. Then do it that way. So the the strongest advice I can give to anyone is do whatever you have to, to control your own destiny and be able to authorize and green light your own ideas.
0: Nice. Nice. Put yourself in, in the boss position in a way, create your own content, be your own mogul. Be your own mogul. I like that. I like that. That may be, that may be the name of this episode right there. <laughs> be your own mogul. Um, so, all right, cool. That's some great advice right there. Now you have, you're having to do a lot of this right now, but what are you doing currently to promote yourself and or Gratwick? Uh,
1: the honest answer is I'm, I'm terrible at self promotions because I'm, there's a little too much altruist in me, so I, I feel like the message should stand for itself. And I, I hate treating people like they're, they're, they're a marketing campaign or trying to dumb things down to the lowest common denominator <laughs> or creating clickbait. So I don't do nearly enough so, uh, promotions and, and marketing as we probably should. So I'm, I'm terrible to give you an answer. What, what I do do, a couple tweets, couple tweets a day, not nearly enough. Um, I, I, I hate, uh, doing like the, the little videos where you're talking to the camera and you're just
0: <laughs> Instagram live or whatever. Yeah. Oh, dude,
1: I, I'm, I'm terrible with inanimate objects. Um, like <laughs> you, if, if I'm behind the camera and I wrote the script, I re- I can remember every single syllable in that script and I, I can, I can be on the actor's ass if they miss a single word. But that same line of dialogue that I know by heart, you point that camera at me, my mind goes blank, and I, I can't remember a word of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so my advice on self-promotions would be to do more than I'm doing and uh, figure out a way to get it done, which is exactly what our top priority is right now, uh, bringing on some volunteers and that from Buffalo that are going to help step up our game.
0: Yeah. Now, now you say you don't like doing it because uh, you don't want to create like clickbait stuff like that. Is that because you like I? I've come across this a lot in the artistic type, uh, including myself, where it almost feels like inauthentic. Like. inauthentic or like you're bothering people when you continue to promote yourself you're like I want people to see my stuff but I don't want to be like salesy to people Yeah, I want them to find it organically but you have to like a lot of times I heard you have to learn to go out there and be like yes check out my show here you go not quite like the people on the Vegas strip handing out the (laughs) cards (laughs) but (laughs) yeah
1: See, the, the, the thing for me is, is the inauthenticity of it, that I'm self-aware enough to know that if I'm promoting my shit, of course I'm going to say it's good. Like in, Internally, yeah. I, I know that not everything I make is great, and I know that I'm honest enough with myself to say this sucks, even if I did create it. But the, the, the person I'm talking to doesn't know that I'm that brutally honest with myself. So me promoting myself is the same as any other asshole saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and Gratwick is, it should not be about me and my content. I want to be good enough that, that it's about that. If, if nobody ever knew I existed and, and Gratwick was built to do what it, what it's supposed to do and, and all these things that, that would be my ideal scenario. I, I don't know. It, it, it I come from a team sports background. I know that when the team succeeds, the individuals get attention and success from that. So it just, to try to put myself out there in front of anything else doesn't sit right with me from any angle. So no matter how I try to dumb it down, no matter how I try to do it, because I know it needs to be done, I just don't connect with it because it, it, it's it's not the right format for how I feel about talking about this stuff.
0: Fair enough, man. Uh, you know you have to be comfortable doing it too. But um, yeah, so. Promotion can be tricky, and if you're not good at it, you should do what you, you're doing, getting somebody else to do it for you.
1: <laughs> working on it. Work, we're working on it. We've got some <laughs> awesome volunteers that are, that are all doing their best, but we're at that stage right now where where it's, it's literally word of mouth. One person becomes two people, two people become four. We're, we're holding a town hall December 11th in Buffalo just to have some people come out, talk to them face-to-face, tell them, tell them what we're doing. It's, it's a lot like running a political campaign right now. Except stage one is, is we've got to raise enough seed money that we can start rolling that into advertising and we can actually start running ads where we're reaching more than one person at a time. But until that happens, it's just, Hey, I'm talking to Aaron. I'm telling you what we're doing and I, I hope you like what we're doing. And then tomorrow I'm going to talk to Bob. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Bob, Bob, he has a good podcast. Bob does. <laughs> you know, I, I listen to Bob's podcast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so you mentioned you want to reach a tier. Like what is your goal as far as uh reaching uh financially? Me personally,
1: I there's there's two there's two levels to that. For for me to be happy, I just want enough to tell my own stories on my terms. For me to be the person that I think I'm capable of I want to generate enough revenue and resources to finance the movement that I think needs to be to, needs to take place. I think there's a lot of things in this world that don't get done because they're not going to make any money or because they don't serve a political agenda. Um, I'd like to see those things come to fruition for myself, just like the studio. A uh, perfect example is that, have you ever heard of the Venus Project?
0: Venus it sounds familiar for some reason but it's one of the planets so
1: <laughs> so uh, the, the Venus project was started by this guy Jacques Fresco or something like that. I'm butchering his name but basically, since the 70s, this guy's been preaching that we could new models for building uh, cities that are all self-sustainable, using existing technologies to create a, a city that is designed to be as efficient as possible. That communicates with other cities to share resources, offers um, all sorts of vertical integration and automated transportation, things like crop silos that are just glass okay. silos with hydroponics in them and all of that type of stuff so they take up less of a footprint there's no pesticides in these types of things all like uh, an entire city designed to be efficient and zero point from the ground up and there's no money in a city like that existing so somebody's going to have to make a whole bunch of money that doesn't mind blowing it on something like that and I'd love to just see one so that's kind of my my goal for for having a platform having a, 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 an audience and, and reaching beyond the artistic stage is to ideally bring forth uh, some of these energy-efficient future technologies that have been hidden for so long. And uh, this, some of this stuff seeps into my art. So a lot of my cre- creative content all has an underlying theme of extreme social accountability.
0: Be interesting. So like, what's an example of like the extreme social accountability? I can't, I can't let you say that without having an example in my head.
1: So, I've got a. I'm, all right. Um, so, the, the next movie I want to make is called Just Drive.
0: Okay. And
1: it's a story about a Hollywood whistleblower that escapes an attempt on his life and slips out of LA in the middle of the night. He was a former A lister that used his access and disenfranchisement with, uh, once he made it to success and fame. Uh, to kind of expose all the, all of a lot of things everybody's finally talking about in Hollywood. When I wrote this script, nobody wanted to talk about this stuff. But um, <laughs> he, he basically blows the whistle on all of this, escapes in the middle of the night, and now the entire world's hunting him, including the, the, the deep state, the press, the media, the, the public. And he's holed up in this back of the back of this limousine in the mid- Midwest as all of this stuff unfolds. And the entire movie plays out in the back of that limousine, like a 21st century OJ chase. But instead of, of following the, for, through the media's eyes, you're actually in the ba- back seat with the character as all of these dynamics and everything kind of play out. Um, he is the extreme social justice in that scenario, and extreme social justice plays out on him in that scenario. And then, just as a, a second example, I have. Um, and I'm going to try and walk a tightrope here to, to tell this without ruining the story.
0: Okay, fair enough. If you if you do say something, let me know. I I I'll bleep out if you nah, give away the ending. Nah, uh, I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not too anti spoilers because I feel like the people that the people that, that that listen to spoilers it just makes them want to see something even more, and then the people that don't they they don't bother anyway. So uh, I've got a horror a horror film. That uh, it's basically kind of scream on a highway about the traditional five characters, except there's a spin on each one of them. And they break down on the side of an elevated twin span highway in the middle of Louisiana. So there's nothing but swamps and gators underneath them. And there's no exits for miles and miles in either direction. So they're forced to use the call box, even though it's the 21st century. They're still stuck using that dirty ass call box. And eventually a, a, a killer hunts them down on over the course of the night on this this stretch of elevated highway and they've got nowhere to run but the, the the backstory behind the whole thing is the governor's daughter is one of these people that's on the highway and the governor forced through this entire super highway that was built through the bayou and created a whole lot of ecological damage and spillover that that created the motivation for why this killer is exacting his revenge on on this specific highway that was built on corruption and
0: ecological disasters. Cool, man. I was like, I was like trying to like, when I t- hear like horror movies and stuff like that, I try to put myself in this situation so I can try to like, get well, dude, the feel of it.
1: That, that script was inspired by us driving around the country when we promoted our first movie and uh, long, long roads between cities. You're just sitting there with your head on the window and I'm just watching the call boxes fly by and I'm sitting there thinking about, it. I'm like in the age of cell phones. The amount of shit that would have to go wrong for you to actually have to go and use one of these dirty, ratty-ass call boxes. And and then it just kind of spiraled from there because shortly after that, we were driving on that Twin Span Highway over the bayou. And I'm like, dude, if you broke down here, there's nowhere to go. Boom.
0: I could see like in some stretches in Louisiana with the Swampland and uh, the Swampland and no cell service in those areas that uh, you may need to use that call box if, uh, yeah, you, oh, or, or become gator bait. It, it's, uh,
1: it's ripe for a horror movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, right. So those are some good examples of social justice. I just had to get like a feel in my oh, head yeah, for, for like what you meant by that and how it worked into your film. Um, now what would be a highlight and a low light that you care to share? Can they be the same moment? Yes, they can be in the same uh, situation.
1: All right. So just for the unique uniqueness of it, I'm going to give the same moment as the highlight and the low light. All
0: right. Could be a first.
1: After we finish the perfect house and we... we we turned our back on Hollywood because they wanted us to sell out all of our family and friends and give Lionsgate our movie for free. We, uh, we, we made a deal for our movie to be the first film ever to release on Facebook. And with no agent, no history, no experience, no clue what the hell I was doing in the entertainment industry. We got our film on the front page of variety magazine. And I thought for sure like, uh, agents were gonna, how, who the fuck is, or I don't know if we can square or not, but who the hell you can this, go uh, ahead. Who, who, who the fuck is this guy? And, and why the hell is this little horror movie on the front page of variety? Somebody talk to this guy and find out if he's represented No, no, nobody, nobody gave a shit. So we ended up doing a cross-country road trip around the country to promote it as the first film that ever released on Facebook. We This little 1972 uh, Dodge RV that got 5.5 miles per gallon and we painted it completely black with no air conditioning and uh, (laughs) drove around the country from city to city doing pop-up screenings with a movie projector, collecting gas money donations. We did strip clubs, hilltops, bars, backyards, basements. Anyone that would let us throw up, a, throw up a screen and put the movie on, uh, we did it. Covered 12,000 miles all the way around the country. Made it back to Buffalo for this big countdown to midnight party on October 1st, 2011. Movie's going to release on Facebook. Every time somebody watches it, it's going to share on their page before and after they watch the movie. The, the transactions will be done through PayPal. So you'll immediately have your, your money in your account at the point of sales 10 years ago. Um this, this is shit the, the industry still hasn't figured out how to do and uh, celebrate this big party. Huge accomplishment, super proud of ourselves for pulling it off. And uh, that was the exact moment Facebook switched over to the timeline and it created a bug in the coding. And it took them two weeks to figure out that over that that over thirty five hundred people the opening weekend tried to watch the movie. And, uh, none of them were able to click the pay button because the bug in the system wasn't taking them from an HTTP browser to an HTTPS browser. So they could go to PayPal, pay for it and come back. And uh, that's rough. uh, Yeah. And after two weeks, when they finally figured it out, they, they fixed it in two seconds, but all the traffic was gone. We were dead in the water. We had no money for advertising. The whole thing fell on its face and had it worked, it would have went viral and we, we would have been self-financed freaking eight years ago. But it, it inspired the model and the, the the learning experience, the trial and error and the curves of everything that's come forward that we've built this entire studio upon. And if we didn't go around the country meeting people one on one, shaking hands, talking to them about what we were doing on Facebook and realizing That if you just put yourself out there and you take a leap of faith and you actually are doing it for the right reasons, that there's a shitload of people around this country that will have your back and will support you. Uh, None of this stuff would have ever happened. So here we are all these years later, basically doing the same thing again, except instead of physically going around the country, we're, we're doing it digitally.
0: Okay, yeah. Did you ever make a voodoo doll of Mark Zuckerberg after that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He, he was. I'd have, I'd have had a whole wall of voodoo dolls if we started digging <laughs> into all the people that dropped the ball on the back end of. But, like, dude, when, when hindsight becomes 2020 and you've got all this time and distance, if we didn't get screwed over by so many different people, if the industry didn't try to prey on us, if they didn't fuck me over right out of the gate. We would have been lost into the system so many different ways, and, and, and none of this stuff would have ever happened. It's Very true. I, like, me and my, my girlfriend have been together 10 years through this entire process and our partners with us. We joke all the time. We were ready to go through hell for, for this life in the entertainment industry. We just didn't expect all the return trips. And, <laughs> it, and it really just becomes it, – it all happens for a reason. You just need enough distance to see why
0: that i i like that statement right there it's very very true you need distance to see from the event to see why you keep going through it so yeah. Every, everybody
1: wants to go from rags to riches but nobody wants to the ra- actually live the rags they just want that to be the backstory
0: yeah yeah i hear you i hear you there's I, there's so much money in podcasting right now that i'm making you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, yeah, I could see how that would be a highlight and a low light in the same story. the highlight is you got to go around, meet everybody, talk to everybody. Then you had so many people. Was it 35,000 people? 30,
1: 3,500 tried to watch it in the first 48 hours, which would have been okay. more than enough to start rolling that into online ads and, and spiraling yeah. it out from there. Uh, each person it would have shared to their Facebook friends. That, that That's all yeah. we needed was to show that it could work. And that would have given us leverage and distribution negotiations and everything else. It just needed to be anything but a, a, a total a total flop.
0: Yeah, damn, change into the feed. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's, but, that's yeah. rough right there. The, but, the odds
1: um, the odds of that happening exactly when we release that are so so finite and so small that the only way to rationalize it is that everything happens for a reason.
0: Like the hand of God came down. Yeah. And it was like, Facebook, you're going to glitch. <laughs>
1: this, this, this has got to put you on the right path. Dude, but the weird thing is that's how that entire film came together with so many th- things that were in our darkest hours and things just fell into place to make it happen. My entire ending up in L.A. as a filmmaker was, was life forcing me down a path. I didn't I, I never thought of it, never came out here to to pursue Hollywood. I was just running away from the snow. I was always a storyteller, but it never meant shit in Buffalo. I, I came here and the light finally went off and I figured out what my purpose was supposed to be in life. But like,
0: I'm from know, the man. Midwest, so I understand the running away from the snow. thing. Yeah. Oh, dude, it, it,
1: it's so weird how I'm where I feel like I, I was always supposed to be. But I never I most certainly did not take the direct path to get here
0: yeah yeah and you know one one of the nice things about here too like even up in the bay area where i'm at right now and the winter it gets cold enough at night at night okay but you know in the winter here things bloom like plants bloom in the winter it's actually there's more flowers and stuff in the winter than there is in the summer back in the midwest and east coast everything is dead. dead You got them cold suicide cold skies frozen. For,
1: for six months just a solid gray sky
0: yeah it's at least it's not alaska where it's like pitch black for like 60 days or something like that but <laughs> you know it's still everything's dark and gray and cloudy and gloomy and no green is except for evergreens but yeah. you know it's it's a big difference uh, the whole seasonal depression thing <laughs> But that's a whole other story.
1: Is Daniel Tosh uh, said in one of his acts, um, "I love seasons too. That's why I live in a place that skips the
0: shitty ones." <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. That's uh, that's a smart way to do it. But uh, anyway, enough about the weather and the cold. I, I my <laughs> my my sympathy goes out to everybody who's stuck back where there's actual winter uh hopefully your heater works and all that stuff i was glad i wasn't back home last winter with negative 58 or something like that it was ridiculous
1: it was like like two or three years ago it was a a social social media viral sensation but buffalo got hit with seven feet of snow in less than 24 hours it was up to people's roofs there's the amount of people on my timelines that i saw with their their front door open and a wall of snow with their beers stuck in it it was nuts (laughs)
0: <laughs> With their beer stuck in it. Yes. Um, Man, what probably had to be one of those nor'easters. Uh,
1: oh, it was a freak storm. But the crazy part was four, 48 hours later, it was all gone, and there was flooding
0: everywhere. So you got hit twice by it, pretty yeah, much. No, no
1: such thing as climate uh, <laughs> change, though.
0: No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. All right. So now I got just a couple more questions for you here, then I'll let you get on about your evening, Chris. What do you want people to remember or take away from Gratwick films? Like I'm trying to figure out how to relate this, like this question exactly, but with when people hear of Gratwick opposed to like 20th century Fox or, you know, Warner brothers or something, how do you want them to think of you different than them? I guess that'd be a good way to put it or different than Hollywood in general.
1: I guess I'd like to I guess how I would want to be seen is I'd want the artist to see me as a partner Okay. In, in what they're doing. And what Gratwick is to them is a partner that wants to help them facilitate their vision versus a machine that wants to serve its own agenda and use the artist as a cog in that wheel. We simply want to be creative partners with the artist and executing what they want it to be. Um, I have a phrase that, I've, that I've, I've been rolling with, and I call it kind of the Kanye West generation of artists, where their obligation and their commitment to the product that they create doesn't begin and end with production. They care about how it's packaged and sold to the audience. They care about how it, how it connects and how it's marketed. Um, how many movies have bombed because the, the marketing company took over and they cre- they created a, a sexy trailer that sold a movie that wasn't the movie you saw in the theaters, but they didn't care because they just wanted to have opening weekend numbers that they could, they, that they could use and rely on. After that, after the, the, the jig was up, they already knew the movie sucked. They just wanted <laughs> their, their opening weekend numbers and they manipulated the audience and the audience left disappointed. How many actors and, and filmmakers' careers have been burned by that tactic because... The people that would have connected with that movie and that piece of content weren't weren't sold or marketed to properly. So they knew about it and went to it. And instead, an incorrect audience went there and left disappointed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like one of those that think like it's actually a good movie, but it was like kind of marketed wrong. Going back to uh, Jim Carrey's first serious role, The Truman Show. I, oh, I was thinking uh, our, Truman uh, cable Show. Guy? Cable, oh, oh, that the, one too, yeah. The cable Guy was still funny, but it was kind of dark. That yeah, but... was definitely
1: not what people were expecting when no, they were going no, into it.
0: No, but like even more so, like the Truman Show, people yeah. were expected like the physical comedy of Jim Carrey, at least in Cable Guy, you it's had time. that. Dude, the Truman but... Show is so far ahead of its time. Yeah, but then you look at it and watch it. It's like as not looking at Jim Carrey as a comedic actor, like looking at him as an actor, and he actually does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. you know. But if you're expecting to laugh your ass off, you're going to leave that, you know, mm-hmm. leave it disappointed.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, the the biggest thing for me beyond just Gratwick as a company, but as as, as me as somebody in the entertainment industry and my my personal brand is. I I want to be be remembered for integrity and and accountability, self-accountability for the the commitments and the the things we're talking about doing and actually following through on them, but also raising the bar back up to a level where other people have to compete with us. And and in order to do so, they have to match our accountability and our integrity. Because if it gets out around Hollywood, that there's a studio system that will support your creative vision and they're not going to try and rape you financially or physically, people are going to come running and flocking to that. So you want to compete against that type of support, you're going to have to offer the same same level of, of commitment and promises. So instead of a race to, a, to the bottom that Harvey Weinstein started, ironically yeah. also from Buffalo, we can bring this shit full circle and somebody from Buffalo can help lead the charge to clean this shit up and, and start a new race to the top again.
0: Right, on. yeah, it's sad that you actually had to throw in the physically part, mm. but yeah, the whole Weinstein thing and all that. But that it is a I didn't know he was from Buffalo, but yeah, oh, so that dude. has a little poetic justice to it like with him being from Buffalo and then you coming from Buffalo and trying to, you know, clean it, it, up the pieces. It,
1: it, it kills me that that he he was the one to do all this and that's where he came from. He started he started doing co- concerts and event promotions in Buffalo and he was the same predatorial bully in the, the 70s and 80s when he was coming up in Buffalo that he was everywhere else. And if anyone back then had stood up to him, exposed him, shut that shit down and killed it in the cradle and it didn't work for him, then he would have never rose to the powers and the things that he did. But because everywhere yeah. he went from Buffalo to New York City to L.A., that type of act, that, that type of conduct got him nothing but results, it reinforced the behavior.
0: Yeah, yeah. If it would have nipped it in the bud early, that would have been that would have been it, man. Um, now that's kind of kind of a dark note to end, like to <laughs> start wrapping things up on. But I do have one more question for you, which will which will bring things uh, back around here. But before we get to that, how can people get a hold of you? How can people support Gratwick and uh, actually invest in Gratwick and uh, you know be a part of that community?
1: Grantwick will take you right to the to the start engine page, it'll give you the entire offering where you can invest in the company. We're doing weekly updates where we're, we're doing deep dives into some of the different components of this, the the blockchain distribution platform, the cryptocurrency elements, the esports parts of all of this, the studio facility. Uh, all these, there's, there's so much here to unpack that each week we keep doing different updates that give more detailed information on it, and all of that's happening on, like I said, GratwickProductions.com, which takes you right to the Start Engine page. Twitter, uh, Twitter, and Facebook are Gratwick Prod Inc. Uh, G R A T W I C K P R O D I N C, and then Instagram is Gratwick
0: Productions. Alright, perfect. I will uh, put those in the show notes so people can find them. And uh, also, if you're interested, you can uh, invest in Grantwick and become part of the uh, community. So um, yeah, it'd be very cool. Check it out. I'm going to check it out a little bit more myself. I've had a great time uh, talking to you tonight, and uh, Gratwick sounds like an awesome thing, and I wish you nothing but the best, and if uh, I can help promote in any way, let me know. I'd be happy to to lend a hand to you, and uh, I have that one final question for you, Chris. Oh, hit me. Chris Holberg, how do you live uncontained?
1: Oh, that's an easy one. I removed all safety nets long, long time ago. There's no, there's no backup plans. There's no alternatives. There's no other options. Um, and if you rack up a whole lot of collateral damage, you have to keep pushing forward and uh, seeing it through to the end. In other words, it was all for nothing. So my, my, my biggest advice to anyone is is remove the safety nets if that's a fallback job if that's moving back home if that's uh money in the bank whatever it is that gives you a, a an option to quit on yourself it, it, it eventually you're going to cash it in
0: Ooh, all right i actually like that i like that so and you mentioned you've been to hell and back a few times uh, trying to chase after this. So
1: when, when when going through hell again is the only way forward, <laughs> you've got no choice, man. Like I said, if there was a if there was an off ramp anywhere along the way, I probably would have took it several times over. But we at, at every turn, my, my girlfriend, Andrea, has been by my side every step of the way. But she has not gone happily um, through each phase. And the only reason <laughs> we're still together and we still keep going is because we removed all safety nets, man. This is, this is the only way to make things right. This is the only way to see it through to the end. And this is the only re- way to make all the sacrifices we've, 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 we've gone through have any sort of meaning and purpose. And there's, there's 10 years we've been fighting this battle against Hollywood now. That's a, that's a lot of family and friends back home I've watched get old. That's a lot of birthdays, weddings, funerals. The things that we've missed are things that you can't get back, no matter what happens, and it, it has to mean something. And the only way for it to mean something is to see to see this journey through to the end.
0: I like that, man. I like that. I heard a saying once. I don't. I don't know who it was by. It was. Well, Chris Hardwick, I think, was quoting somebody, but I don't know who he was quoting. It was uh, if you're driving through hell or if you find yourself driving through hell, keep, keep going, going. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it might be longer to turn a row and go yep. back the other way. And you're still driving through hell. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> there, there's there's a meme that sits in my head all the time that that like when like. It's a meme, but it's been around longer than memes. So it used to be like a motivational poster and like offices and that. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a guy with a pickaxe and he's underground and he's trying to, to go back and forth with the pickaxe. And he turns and quits when he's like one more swing of the pickaxe away from from his goal on there. Yep. And, and it's something like, don't quit. You never know how close you are to the finish line. And like, exactly. my entire, dude, no shit. Like for, for the eight years we've been following this, we thought we were at the, Oh, we made it finish line. Like, Oh, that's tomorrow. Oh boy. That's like a month away. Oh, that's like a week away for, for eight years. We thought we were, Oh, we're one more day away from the finish line and, and can't quit now. It could be tomorrow.
0: Yeah, keep swinging that pickaxe, my friend. Keep swinging that pickaxe. Yep. Uh, All right. I have one final thing for you to do, Chris, and uh, that is sign off the show. Uh, Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, I encourage everybody to remove all safety nets. And I'm Chris Holbert, CEO of Gratwick Films and a goddamn filmmaker, because that's how I live uncontained.
0: And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and uh, thanks again to Chris Holbert for coming on the show and talking about Gratwick Films. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what he gets going there. And once again, if you want to invest in Gratwick Films, it could be really cool get to be that owner-slash-audience member who has some input over what's going on with the auditions and uh, casting and get to find out casting opportunities before anybody else so i'm not a financial advisor so i can't tell you to buy it uh it is regulated by the sec so you know is legit and uh you can find out more information at gratwick the link will be in the show notes so make sure you check those out thanks again for listening and until next time live uncontained